Jackheim. Mitchell Smedley with you bright and early. Ooh. Mitch, it's a struggle right now, man. You want to tell me about a struggle? Look where my microphone is, Jack. Oh. Who was sitting? I can move it. That's not the problem. I just wanted to demonstrate, like, who sat here? <laughs> Why was it there? <laughs> Whose face is, like, two inches off the table? <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? Uh. What is going on? Jack, I don't know about you. This is a rough one. Yeah. This is a rough one. Um, the trip to NYC was a uh, success, question mark? I would say yes. It was successful in that... In uh, a way. Your your fellow hosts here had some heavy fun. bonded. Had some fun. We did not take home the... Uh, the dub. We did not take home a certain trophy. We definitely took home some trophies. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. Do with that information what you will. Yeah. Uh, I will have a trophy that says, you know, best sports show ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sooner or later. Best sports show ever. ever. Oh, I thought you were going for like a Hudson River. Hudson River. And we found it, though. Yeah, we did. Times. We did in Central Park. Yeah, did you know that's where the Hudson River is? <laughs> and the Golden Gate Bridge, yes, too. So much Who fun. knew? So much fun. But, uh, we gotta get right into the nitty gritty here on this Monday morning. And as tired as we both are, we the have, show must go on. The show must go on. We have a product to deliver. So, uh, we're gonna start it off with a little bit, I'd say, more unconventional because we haven't started off in this route in quite some time. But, a shocking uh, turn of events. yeah, in a shocking turn of events. We are going to go to the route of not football this time. Not football. Non-football talk to start. There are two things in this world. Football and not football. Yes. Today, we choose the latter. Not football! <laughs> no! We need intro music for not football. <laughs> not football. Put like the NFL on Fox in reverse. Yeah. <laughs> 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 What would that sound like? <laughs> That'd be so weird. Ba, 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 da, da, da. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't even know what that would sound like. That'd I don't know. I feel like it would sound like that feeling of when you get home from like a week-long vacation, you're walking through the airport. <laughs> you know, like you're walking yeah. through the airport you came in a week ago. Oh, yeah. I'm back here again. You know that feeling when you're traveling, how great that that feeling is, right, when you leave? And when you come back, it's like the depressing mirror of the airport you know what i'm talking about i feel like that's exactly yeah. what that that would sound like yeah you're like ah, oh, back here ah gross yeah I see my family <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh gross i gotta see these people oh my goodness no i do like philly international good so. airport yeah i've been there a couple times uh, actually no i think only once <laughs> i've been there a couple times actually nope i'm gonna go with once here he so. was mistaken yeah, I was. All right, we're going to talk a little baseball here, a.k.a. non-football. Uh, <laughs> spring training. <laughs> it's awesome. It's awesome. Spring training got started. We are officially here. Baseball season has arrived. For the next seven months. Yeah, for the next nine months. Uh, <laughs> <the games play. laughs> that was awesome. In the next nine months, there will be at least one baseball game played. Correct, right? But <laughs> what are these stats? <laughs> this is bogus. I love those stats. There will be greater than or equal to one baseball game. One baseball played game played in the next nine, nine months. months. 
February, I mean, March. He's April, not wrong. May, you know, June, July, August, September, October, and November. Maybe November. Yeah, probably November. So, not for the Mets. Yeah, we'll see about that. No, I don't think it will be November this year because so, they had the lockout week. Yeah, last so year. it's nine, not ten. You mean eight, not nine? No, 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 no. It what you said nine. Yeah, because February, March, April, May, June, July, I lost August, count September, <laughs> October. I've been counting on my fingers. That's six nine. through July, seven, eight, six nine. through it July. It is nine. Yeah, it is nine. I can do math in my tired state. Look at you. Look at me. You should be a math major. Oh no, I shouldn't. You should be a mathematologist. Geez, Squidward, I don't know mathematologist. That, that seems like, like a lot. lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All seriousness, though, we're going to get into our spring training talk a little bit here. Got it started, and really, the results of the games is not really what matters to me. Isn't it weird? We're going to like hear a score and be like, that didn't matter at all. Yeah. To me, I just want to see you know your the star players play well. Exactly. And, like, do I care that the starters play well? Do I care that Ethan Wilson well? hit a, a game-winning grand slam? No. Eventually, game-winning. No, I don't care because I don't know who Ethan Wilson hit. Well. 2021 second round pick. But I don't care. You know, he's not going to be here. Uh, you ain't going to be here yeah. next year. Uh, we don't. Gonna, we don't. He's not going to be relevant. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like the stimulation of it. Yeah. Thank you, Kapler. <laughs> yeah. Um, how's he doing, man? I don't know. But uh, no, what I care about is that Nick Castellanos hit a two run home run. What I care about is that, that Trey Turner looked absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm previewing it. We'll get to it. But do you want to run through uh, some other teams first? Is, is there anything you saw uh, throughout the first weekend of spring training that piqued your interest? We'll get to we'll get to San Diego, Slam Diego, in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, well, I saw uh, Mets prospect Ronnie Mauricio at a 450 foot home run yesterday. So 110 mile an hour exit velo. That ball was tattooed. I mean, woo, bomb! As soon as he had a 94 mile an hour fastball. Bang! That thing was rocked to right center. What a shot! Uh, that got that got me excited. Uh, but yeah, Mets took it six three over Washington. I mean, it's what it's it again is what it is. Uh, saw you know Vogelback slap a rocket of a two run double all the way off the wall. So I mean, just starters getting on base, playing well. Uh, it's what you want to see. And the Mets caught a dub, so that makes it a good day for me. Um, anything else that caught my eye? Uh, the called strike three. 6-6, six, six, Braves, Red Sox in that yeah. spring training game uh, to start it on Saturday. And that's how the game ended. Full count, bases loaded, two out. Didn't get set enough in the for, for the pitch clock, and it was a called strike three to end the game. And it's a 6-6 six, six tie. What is your thought on the uh, on the uh, pitch clock in like the last inning or two? Uh, I don't know. It's going to be a weird way to see a game end if it happens this year. Yeah. Like, I don't want to jump to conclusions. I think it's doing what it's intended to do, which is make the pace of the game go quicker. Because we're seeing games finish in two and a half hours now. Yeah, it's like a hockey game now. Yeah. So it's like they're doing, they're getting what they want out of that. But there, there's going to be some consequences, some some bad side effects and some bad, you know, things that occur from this and there's pros and cons with everything that you implement um so we're just seeing kind of the early rumblings and early results of this new implementation and these new rules you know coming right away uh we'll talk a little bit more though after this message from the ko and open attention ku community friends of rachel is hosting the annual kindness carnival on wednesday march 1st from 12 to 4 p.m in mcfarland student union room 218 the theme this year is be the best version of you 
Kindness will be promoted not only to others, but to ourselves. And we hope you will join us to make Kutztown University a welcoming place for all. There will be a DIY vision board, station, music, photo booth, snacks, and more. We are asking all members of the KU community to join in to have an afternoon of kindness to yourself and others and to take hold of your vision of a kinder, better version of you. You do not want to miss this special event. This message of community interest is brought to you by Radio Wisconsin University. Okay, you are back here, heavy hitters, bright and early on this Monday morning. I am dead tired, but we do, well, we go on. We're talking about baseball, and that'll get me a little bit more awake. Yeah. Uh, so, yep. yeah, man, we were talking about the new rules, how they're kind of changing the game early on, uh, you know, especially with the pitch clock and that call trick three at the end. I mean, look, uh, I, I don't know. That's not really the appropriate way to end the game, but uh, it's just kind of the the day and age of baseball we're living in here. So, you know, I don't really love it, but it's kind of just got to be something we got to get adjusted to. That's just my opinion on it right now. Do you think it should not exist in the ninth inning? Yeah. Problem with that is like, if it's not going to be used in like meaningful spots, then why have it the rest of the game? You know what I'm saying? I. See, I get that, but, like, I don't know. There's something to be said. I was thinking about this, like, over the last, like, month or two, like, intermittently. You know that feeling when it's, like, two on, two out, right? Like a like a 2-1 count, you know, big pitcher. Yeah. You know that, and, it, and they're zooming in on the pitcher. They're zooming in on the batter. They're, like, you know, they zoom out. They got the names of the base runners, right? They got, you know, all these different angles. Building the drama, you feel that, don't you, Jack? As a baseball fan, you feel that. Yeah. And now that here. they have to fit all of those shots in, you know, since there's runners on base in 20 seconds. Yeah. I mean. Ooh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like in a big in the in the last inning, I wouldn't be opposed to, uh, you know, not having a pitch clock in the final inning, or extras. Um. I don't know. I, I don't think they would do that uh, ever. But I would hate to see a game end like that. I would hate to see a game end like that. I get it. It's the rule. It would end like that. I wouldn't dispute the rule. That's what it is. But I just, you know, I think it's best served innings one through eight. Let drama build in the ninth. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I kind of agree with that. You know, you see... You see the first eight innings go quickly in the ninth inning. Uh, you know, you know, see things kind of die down and let the yeah. excitement of the moment take over. I don't know. What do we see in football, right? If you go out of bounds in the first, you know, 28 minutes of the game, doesn't matter. Last two minutes of the half, it does matter, and it slows things down. Second half, first 25 minutes, moves quite quickly. Last five, out of bounds, you know, incomplete passes. This all stops the clock. Oh, yeah. You're right. I mean, you're right. I don't know if that's going to have the same effect uh, in the baseball side of things if they were to make that. But I mean, I don't think we're seeing that this year. So no, not at all. So, yeah, but it's I mean, something. It's something I've thought it about. Is. Yeah, it's something to you know rack your brain and uh, and certainly to talk about as that is that is certainly an interesting discussion point. But you know, for now, to me, uh, I don't want to jump to conclusions on things. This has only been what two days of spring training games, uh, but we're already seeing interesting things happen. Uh, and it's going to be an interesting season ahead with the new rules, you know, especially with the pitch clock. Something else we didn't really talk about yet, the bigger bases. Yeah. Uh, Volpe stole a couple bases yesterday. The Yankees' top prospect. 
Uh, so, I mean, look, I think there's going to be a lot more running this Trey year. Trey Turner was halfway to second base before the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see that? I mean, he can't throw over, right? What? I mean, he can, just not as much. Like if Trey he, Turner is going to be a menace this season. He had two singles, an RBI, a run scored, a stolen base. Eh, it's a pretty good first day. He's he's eh, it's okay. A well-rounded player. Eh. Well-rounded player. Average. No, okay. <laughs> Which somehow we're paying more for than uh, Manny Machado. Yeah. Make that make sense. Do you mean the Padres are paying more for Machado than you are for Turner? Or no, I thought we're paying more for Turner than oh, Machado. Oh, yeah. 360 to 350. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to slide right. into that? Yeah, I mean, look, it, this Machado situation with the Padres, very bizarre. Very, very bizarre. Most things re- involving Manny Machado are bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> you're not wrong about that. You are not wrong about that at all. I mean, it, it went from, I'm going to opt out uh, for certain to him talking about inflation with egg prices, and then all of a sudden, breaking news yesterday, he signs an 11-year, $350 million deal with the Padres, and will be a Padre for the rest of his career. I mean, how do you go from how do you go from saying, "Yeah, I've, you know, I'm going to opt out. I'm going to I'm going to test the waters," and then, boom! All of a sudden, a few days later, locked back in decade for a decade. Tatis, Bogarts, and Machado. All in San Diego for at least the next eleven years. That's scary. Where does that leave Juan Soto? Are they gonna be able to pay him? I don't think so. Please don't go to the Mets. I don't think so. Don't go to the Mets. I don't think so. And I think he might be coming to New York. Welcome to New York. Yeah, baby. Let's see it. <laughs> I'm not that scared of Juan Soto. Really? Nah, in that case the Phillies would still have the best Soto in the division. Oh my, that is such a joke. That is such a joke. I see your face. <laughs> You're lying. You can't even keep a serious face after that ridiculous Best soda comment. Best soda in the division, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, because there's no other sodas in the division right now. Best so. soda in baseball. <laughs> okay. Baseball. No. Um, I don't know. This this contract really confuses me. It seems also seems like a pretty fair deal for the uh, pretty team-friendly deal for the Padres. Um, oh, for the Padres! For the Padres! It's a home run of a contract. That's why they call it Slam Diego. Yeah. <laughs> oh my That's going to be really, really daunting, though. I mean, That'd it's an great. interesting thing that happens with baseball that you're not able to see with football. You know, outside of quarterbacks, who signs long-term deals? Yeah. Right? And with baseball, like, you're seeing Harper and Turner here for 9 and 11 years, respect, or. Yeah, nine, eleven years respectively. You said at least eleven for who was it? Tatis, uh, Machado, and Bogarts. Bogarts, yeah. Um, and, and you know, for uh, for the Mets, like Nimmo's there for eight. Um, I f- they're gonna probably sign. Lindor's Alonzo, there right? for a while. Yeah, Lindor and the Braves. I mean, oh my goodness, they're locked up through like the rest of the decade yeah. and then some. Acuna, Riley. Olsen, I mean, Murphy, everybody. Everybody's locked up. Yeah. So, you get a contract. You get a long-term contract. You get a long-term contract. I mean, it's like, goodness gracious. Yeah. It's really, this is what happens when you don't have a salary cap. You know, this is what happens. You see these teams that just, they're probably just going to be the same for the next 10 years. Yeah. Maybe players at the back end of their contracts and stuff fall off. But seven years? Definitely. I think you could see... 
five to six of the same seven teams that made the the uh, playoffs last year in each and every year. And that's really, I don't know if that's a good thing because I'm a Phillies fan and I'm one of those teams, or if that's really frustrating that there's not going to be that turnover that we see in other sports. Yeah, that's true. What's your take on it? Um, I mean, my take, look, again, you use the, the, the resources that are available to you. And these teams who are locking up their core realize that you know they're gonna have, they have a certain window, uh, whether it be long term or short term. They want to keep these guys around. They don't want to test anything, and signing these guys very early on, you know, like into the rookie deals, like the Braves did with Harris, and you know, Riley got his deal after a couple years in the bigs. I mean, keeping these guys around long term, you, you know, you dangle money at them early on. They're they're gonna they're gonna jump, you know, like a fish for bait and take it. So, I mean, that's just my take on it and, and on that side of things. And in terms of, you know, the owner stuff, I mean, we talked about it a good, you know, good amount on the show. To me, look, the owner disparity has got to be fixed. I don't know if it's nearly as much of a cap problem as it is the ownership money problem. I mean, you have guys who are not even worth a billion dollars. And, you know, you know, we sound crazy yeah. saying that. It's like you realize how much a billion dollars is. Yes, of course. But it's like. When you're owning a professional sports franchise, you need to be like stupid rich to uh, to like to own one and make them consistently good, like you know Middleton and and Cohen are doing with how much money they both have respectively, multi billionaires. Um, <clears throat> so it's just compared to you know the Bob Castellinis of the world who are worth five hundred mil. Like that's just of course those teams are going to compete because your owner can't lash out as much money. So I mean. It's you could say it's a cap problem, and it possibly could be. But if there's a salary cap, though, Jack, the general managers, right? Like Howie Roseman's so good in football because he he is a cap wizard because he can get these deals to line up and get the best players the best bang for his buck each and every year, and he rearranges contracts, pushes money, you know, defers it to years later to try and make a run now, and then keeps deferring it, and he's just magical. In baseball, you don't have that. It's just shell out this. Yeah, give him thirty a year. I don't care. Give him twenty five a year. Yeah, like I, I, it's just I don't know. It, there's there doesn't feel to be as much strategy going on here. I mean, you still got to make you still got to make like decisive moves. I mean, you have to be able to do roster management and make tough decisions. And sure, I mean, you can't you could can spend like crazy, but it's not always going to result in getting wins. So, I mean. Highest payroll. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Mets have the highest payroll, but that doesn't mean they're going to win the World Series, as we as we know. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, what's the Astros payroll? Where's that compared? I think they're like they're top ten, <laughs> but I think they're like eighth or ninth. Yeah. So. Yeah, and they did win a World Series. So. Yeah. Unfortunately, it means all about having the right players. Yeah. The. Uh, yeah, really, the one thing you can't lock up for like a decade is like a pitcher. You know what I mean? Or a solid manager. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Like especially if they're an older guy. Yeah. So no, it's it makes sense, but like you know these these bats, yeah, they can just be here. They can just be here, and and sometimes it'll fail, right? Sometimes it'll flop. Yeah, Nick Castellanos, <laughs> and you'll be stuck there. I, but I love those four to five year deals. I think that's the happy medium. The I love the Correa deal. I love the Correa deal. Yeah, it's a good deal. I think for both sides. It's just I'm gonna have to look at the same layout of the league. <clears throat> Excuse me for the next. Well, you'll see 10 years. some turnover. You're going to see some turnover. There's going to be I think some. In the AL side of things, especially. Absolutely. But, like, Judge isn't going anywhere. 
No, but the Yankees are always good. Like Harper, this isn't just Turner, a new thing. Machado, Tatis, Bogarts. Yeah, I mean, the stars are mostly in the same places, but you know, do we see Otani saving the Angels in a, in a in a bizarre situation? You know, do we see Soto move on in a couple of years? I mean, I don't I don't know. There, there's things to be ironed out. There's going to be star players in the market still, but uh, yeah, yep. those things will get hashed out. Later on down the line, we're going to take our first break of today's show. When we come back, we'll continue our MLB talk here in hour number one here at Heavy Hitters, radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. Bright and early on Monday morning, Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley with you here. Mitch, you were talking about all things MLB-wise, start of spring training, some of the new rule changes, uh, the disparity between ownership, salary cap, all that good stuff. Uh, and there's still some more things we got to discuss here, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, look at the Phillies yesterday. I mean, they took an L. Surprise, surprise. No, they won. Um, no, they lost the Tigers. Or was that that was Saturday? That was a Saturday. oh split, uh, yes, split squad game. Yeah, they, they beat won the ten twins. eight. Ten eight. The Carlos Correa-less twins. Yeah, Kyle Schwarber goes over three with three strikeouts. It was not a good day for Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> and that Which, means uh, he's going to have a. Pr- is Kyle Schwarber in trouble for 2023? Nick, <laughs> it's my Schwarber shirt. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I was wearing that. All right. Well, actually, we do have some breaking news. Um, former Astros executive, uh, aka GM James Click, who was a big part of their World Series roster construction uh, and got them a World Series last year, uh, is going up north of the border, going to the Blue to Jays wow. to be the vice president of baseball strategy. For the Blue Jays. I love the, the titles in baseball. Yeah. <laughs> Be a vice president for your strategy? Yeah. VP of baseball strategy. Well, what does a president of strategy even do? Like, I make mean, state of the unions to... Develops the game plan. The, I, I get that, but can't you just say the manager of baseball strategy? What the, the president makes it sound like he was elected there. Yeah. I mean, maybe they had their own in, in-house election process. The Republican nominee. Yeah. <laughs> Republican strategy nominee. <laughs> so James Click is running, and along with side whoever the current president is, I don't along even know. With side? Alongside with side, <laughs> <laughs> along with side. Yeah, along with a with long side. Yeah, what, what Mitch said. Good stuff. With a side long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my brain is not there today. I love man. it, man. I love that. Anyways, yeah, the Phillies. Um, they st- yeah, they started spring training as you and I, Jack, were where? But the MLB flagship store. Yes. How yes, we that? were. Is this heaven? That store was, heaven. oh my, it was. It was beautiful. Baseball heaven. It was nice. Baseball heaven. It was a lot of fun. It was. So many hats. They do so many hats. So, so many much hats. merch. Yeah. So much merch. Merch. Um... Yeah, and I almost, everybody, I almost, I had it in my hand. I had the Trey Turner shirt in my hand. Uh, tried it on, you know. Fit like a glove. Accidentally, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I knew where you were going with that. Let's keep that not yeah. to the public. Um, well, it was already to the public, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. <laughs> but, uh yeah, I had the shirt in my hand, and then I decided, you know what? Let me look online, and I saw that they're cheaper. And I'm waiting for the blue ones to come out. I want a light blue one, you know? I, I think they're just – it's it's a superior color. 
to that uh, that basic red, which I already have Schwarber and Harper in red. So I waited. I waited, and uh, I, I, I'm happy with the decision. You know, that was a good decision by our our president of Mitchell's strategy. Yeah, <laughs> financial strategy. Yeah. Vice Mitch, president of financial strategy has Mitch, uh, Mitch is, advised uh, me. Mitch is treasurer of the treasury department. Really stepped <laughs> Brandon in Carnegie really helped me out. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> but Jack, you you did not. You did not. Uh, you, you went the bold route. Tell us about it. How, how does it fit? <sighs> Fits great, man. I needed it. I need it. And I needed it. Badly. I, man, did not have a single shirt of a single player on the Mets' current roster. I needed an update to, you know, to the wardrobe there and that department. And, you know, we got it. We got it. We got a Pete Alonzo shirt, splurged a little bit, spent 45 bucks. $45 contract, signs him uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. I mean, until that shirt gets, you know. That shirt is not leaving Schnecksville. No. It's not. It's a really good contract. It is. That shirt's staying, staying there for a long time. You know, is it is it a little bit, you know, pricey? Yeah, but that's what he found. That that was the market in free agency. For but you're sure. getting the long term investment. Getting the long term investment, right? They look the Heim franchise. They needed to. They need. This was a hole in their roster, right? In their wardrobe roster, this was a hole. They didn't have a current players shirt. And I mean, this fills the hole, and then some. You know, this is this is the polar bear right here. This yeah, is, I, mean, I mean, we've got a big power bat there. Yeah, we big fill, power bat. Yeah, we filled the spot. Oh, yeah. He's a headline guy. He's a guy who can you know run your franchise, be the face of the franchise, yeah. X factor player. And you know, we got it. So I'm really, I'm really happy with where I stand with that. I think I made a good move. Uh, you know, we'll see where it takes us, but yeah, good stuff, man. That, that was our trip to the MLB flagship store, summarized in about. A minute and a half. I got a ball. <clears throat> yeah, got a nice <clears throat> ball. Phillies ball. You we did. should play. Uh, we should play blind ball with it. <laughs> let's let's not destroy everything. That would ruin the studio. Yeah. All right, we're gonna keep on trucking along. Top storylines. Uh, we talked about pitch clock a little bit, but Manny Machado was actually the first guy to commit a pitch clock violation. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. So he stays in the headlines. How about that? Are you scared of Turner? By the way, seeing his first day. Mm. Are you as excited for him as I am? No, I can't wait. It was just. Why so would nice. I be excited? He's on a rival. I know. Are you? I don't know. Does your fear match my excitement? No. No. Okay. Do you know what I mean by that? Like, you know, I look like, at the Phillies and yawn. You yawn. Yep. Oh. Oh, how silly you are. <laughs> <sighs> Wake me up when you're a threat. No, I'm kidding. When is uh, Ethan Wilson coming up here, man? Like, he, I know <laughs> I said I didn't care, <laughs> but he hit a grand slam. When is Ethan Wilson going to be in the big leagues? Yeah. What did this guy even play last year? Let's look it up. He was, uh, I believe, a 2021 second rounder. Non-football. Yes, perfect. Good stuff, Mitch. Ethan Wilson, ew, verse number 48. Ooh. Oh my goodness. What, what kind of number is just is an ordinary? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He was as high as Reading. Oh, okay. In August of 2022. Okay. He was with the Jersey Shore Blue Claws. 
Didn't know that existed. That oh, wait, I knew high, Jersey Shore existed. I didn't know yeah. they were the Blue Claws. That's your high A team, I think. Yeah. So. And then uh, Reading is our double A team? Yes. What's triple A? That is... Wait, don't Le- tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Lehigh Valley. Yes. Yeah. So. Iron Pigs. The Clearwater Threshers, the uh, the Jersey Shore Blue Claws, Reading Fighting Phils, and uh, then the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs in the Philadelphia Phyllis Farm System. That, that's your teams. Yeah. So. By the way, by the way, so there's some little talk in Philly about uh potential like starter depth piece Michael Plasmeyer, who I would just like to point out, I saw his career debut uh up in the up in the big leagues. I saw him get brought up to the show. Um and he came on in the bottom top of the 6th inning. Uh, August 23rd against the Cincinnati Reds. No, uh, that doesn't count. Our what? borderline MLB team. Against the no, Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> Sorry, Reds fans. In uh, a game, I believe, that was at the time 3 nothing Reds or 4-3 Phillies. I, I forget how the, Very the pace of the game went. It, was, it, it might have just – I think it was just before our big inning or maybe just after. That's the problem. I don't remember. But anyways, Michael Blasmeyer comes on. Base is loaded, two outs, gets a key strikeout uh, en route to the Phillies' first uh, walk-off win I was a part of. So that was a – yeah, he's a special – he's a my guy. (laughs) Was it last year? He's a my guy. Yeah, August 23rd. Oh, let me look it up. Yeah. Okay. We're going back to this box score. Yeah. It was the game where the Phillies announcers were, like, out in left field. Oh, yes. Michael Plasmeyer. Yeah, I was at that game. So was Tyrese Maxey. 26-year-old left-handed pitcher, mm-hmm. born in St. Louis, Missouri, a fourth-round pick of the He Seattle may have gotten Mariners. the win that day. He did not. Oh, who did? In 2022, he was 0-1 with a 3-6 ERA in two games and seven and a third innings pitched. What? As a starter? No, just in general. Okay. In two games, though? Yeah. He did Okay, but one of those games he pitched a third. An inning, an inning and a third against the Reds. Scoreless. Oh. Oh, did he do it? Oh, he came on the next inning, too. Yeah. Okay. I would have thought he got the win that day. Yep. And the Reds, well, no, the Phillies had to walk it off. Yeah. Because Brad Hand blew the save. Yeah. (laughs) Two unearned runs. Shocker. Two two unearned runs. Yeah. Who made the error that day? Who made the error? That was Bomer Stott, I think. Nick Maton had a walk off. Yeah, he did. Walk off single to score Bryson Stott. (laughs) After Bryson Stott was inches away from a walk-off home run, by the way. But it's okay. It was a triple. Oh, no. that was It was a double, but then the Reds threw the ball in, and it just started rolling around the infield. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember Typical that? Reds. Yeah. Typical Reds. Yeah, it was It was interesting. All right, all right Mitch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read off this top of the ninth inning, Yeah, and then we'll read off the bottom of the ninth yeah. real quick. Dude, I was there for all of it, dude. Yeah. I almost cried. Down the third baseline, okay? That's where I was sitting for this. Brad Hand comes in. Jonathan India flies out to Yairo Munoz. And we were all feeling good. One out in the ninth. Philly's up 5-4, I believe. Yes, or, at this yeah, point. Yeah, 5-4. Uh, only up because of a Matt Veerling home run. Yeah. All right. You proof. One out. Nobody on. Nick Senzel reaches on a throwing error by Edmundo Sosa. Yep. One out. Kyle Farmer. Ground I ball. remember hating this guy. Grounds it to short, and that's an infield single. Yep. And there's two on and one out. Alejo Lopez flies out to right, and there's one out away from a win. Yep. 
but and not then before, disaster struck. But not before the goat, the legend. Oh, this man was not good. <laughs> I know this man was not a good baseball player. <laughs> T.J. Friedel with a two-run two triple to give the Reds the lead. The Phillies later won, which makes it good for Mitch. But that's so funny to see T.J. Friedel get a two-run triple down the right field line. I'm assuming. <laughs> the score sends Ellen Farmer. <laughs> and to see Mitch's reaction as soon as I said that made it even more funny. I remember being there. <laughs> oh, I remember it. <laughs> where, do you know where the ball went? Like after, like I, I think you're right. I think it was third base or first base. Yeah, first base line. It's said to right field, so I'm assuming it's down the line to the yep. corner. I think you're right. And Munoz has trouble picking up the ball. That's gonna allow two to score. TJ Friday. No, I don't even think it was because Munoz like couldn't pick. Oh, I, he was I just a I bad just, outfielder. I forgot I could just watch it. it. I forgot I could just watch it back. Describe what we're seeing, Jack. Be oh. a sports broadcast. I will. Hold on. There's an advertisement. Oh, describe the ad. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know we're skipping the ad right now. Hand winds and deals, and it's ripped. Right center field. Oh, it splits the gap. A diving Veerling couldn't get there. I remember. Yeah, that's why it got. Oh, terrible. he smacked it. He smacked the grass after he missed it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, that was bad. And it just sat there. And it just sat there in the warning track. Yeah, it just Munoz fired it in. Look at the flow on this guy. Look at the flow on this man. After he no. roped it in the gap. No. Diving. Fearling. He can't make the play. Right near that Hatfield sign. Oh, man. Right near the Hatfield <laughs> sign. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was. I love when they mentioned the, the sponsor signs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right there. there was one. Um, there was a home run. I think it was Schwarber. Uh, that uh, Tom McCarthy goes off the Toyota Tundra sign. <laughs> I think that was. Oh, that was in Colorado. I think <laughs> it might have been. Is off the Toyota Tundra sign. Yeah, just like that. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> All right. But anyways, um, and then the the bottom of the ninth was. It was just, it was fun. We're not going to waste any more time right now. That was awesome. Bill's that was won. a great day. That was a good day for Mitch. It was my first walk-off. Good what day for roller Mitch. Coaster. Dude, going down 3 nothing to had, the Reds yeah, yeah, was <laughs> not fun. You had to claw back to beat the Reds. We, we hit a, a four-run fifth or sixth inning that really uh, jump-started us. Then the Veerling home run, and then the ninth. With, All right. Uh, yeah. It was, couple, it was a great time. A couple more MLB tidbits. Uh, we talked about Machado. Uh, Lance McCullers Jr. for the Astros won't be ready for the start of the season, supposedly. Hope he heals up better soon. World Baseball Classic coming up soon. We'll start to see those games pour in uh, starting next week. Uh, let's see. Anything else? Anything else? Reese Hoskins, is. Uh, they're, they're just taking some extra time with him. He had uh, apparently minimally invasive. Yeah. Try try being comfortable after that phrase. <laughs> Minimally, Minimally invasive, invasive uh, meniscus surgery over uh, the offseason. That does not sound good. So they are taking just a couple extra days. He should be playing by the end of this week. So Hey, Darren Ruff, who will be playing, I think, the end uh, just early in this week after right wrist problems in the offseason, got a cortisone shot. So Did I tell you he was my former uh, favorite Philly at one point? Wow, that's bad. When that guy's your favorite Philly. I was that in guy's the, terrible! I was in the building for a Darren Ruff home run. Darren Ruff's a... Mm, Just some random home run to right field. I don't even remember what year. <laughs> yeah. But I was there. 
It's Darren. Yeah, because I was there. Darn tootin', I was there. Darn tootin', I remember that day when Darren Ruff hit that home run. Oh, baseball oh, fan for life after that moment. <laughs> Blue Jays catcher Alejandro Kirk withdraws from the base, uh, World Baseball Classic. Uh, some beef going on. Cardinals manager Oliver Marmol and umpire C.B. Buckner. Oh, <laughs> C.B. Buckner. Quote from Oliver Marmol. Umpire C.B. Buckner has, end quotes, zero class. Refused to handshake the Cardinal manager uh, before the spring training game. Uh, a couple days ago. Wow. Why? This is getting weird. Why? I don't know. I don't know. We'll keep you posted on that. One last hey, thing. How are you doing? No. Max, no handshake. Max Scherzer, like the MLB rules, says pitchers can totally dictate the pace of play. Fair point. I think I like it, and I think he is right. We're going to step aside. Final break of hour number one. When we come back, wrap it up our MLB discussion. We'll move on to wrap up hour number one. Uh, probably some minor hockey talk, and then hour number two. I got a lot, a lot of college basketball to talk about. Uh, and we'll find ways to fill the rest of the show. But don't go anywhere. Plenty more coming your, way, coming your way next on the flip side of this break here. Heavy Hitters, Radio Voice of Custer University, KUR. And welcome back into Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim. Uh, on this drag of a Monday morning. Radio Voice of Custer University. KUR cuts down. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's uh, man, oh, man. But, Jack, uh, jumping... We'll, we'll get back to the... Jumping jellyfish is a big sign. We'll get back to the MLB real quick. But uh, first, I wanted to. I just saw this article headline and read some of the article itself um, while I was uh, drowning in the Hudson River. <laughs> <laughs> and um, apparently the M- no, the NFL has put out a pre-combine warning as that starts, uh, I think, this week. And they have said that teams... Who uh, ask offensive or inappropriate questions to draft picks or to uh, to prospects uh, could be fined a minimum of three hundred fifty thousand dollars and uh, are in danger of losing a draft pick no later than the third round. Wow! Yeah. Apparently, there have been uh, teams that have conducted themselves inappropriately in years past, and it creates a legal issue for the league and its teams. So, bombshell. How would that go for a team to just lose, like, a second-round pick? Imagine you lose the first overall pick. Oh, that's a very Bears thing to do. <laughs> just saying. It is. They're going to trade it, I think. You think? That's have been the growing uh, suspicions from sources within the industry. Who do you think they trade it to? Uh, there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback. Colts. Oh, wow. Colts. Uh, Panthers need a quarterback. They do. They very much need a quarterback. I almost wore my Panthers hat today. Panthers, Colts. Forgetting one. I feel like my brain just is not thinking of teams right now. Um, Raiders. The Raiders. Um, Texans. Quarterback. Oh, very much the Texans. General Mills. Uh, gross. <laughs> The Falcons. How mad would you be if General Mills was the Eagles quarterback? Oh, I would riot. <laughs> Jalen Hurts and Davis Mills, Mitch's favorite quarterback room in the world. Davis Mills might be better in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get so frustrated every time I see that uh, that YouTube ad. Yo, what's up, everybody? I'm Jalen Hurts and so-and-so company that I forget partnered to give me my best day ever through Philly. What's going on? Like It's just like, dude. You lost. Get off my screen. I uh, you fumbled the game away. I like the I like the frosted flakes one. Is it with Hertz? Yeah. Oh, what does he do? 
and it's not Jalen Hurts, it's Jalen Helps. And then it's like something. Are you uh, kidding? Yeah. <laughs> it's just corny, but it's funny, I think. I don't know. Corny? No, that's cornflakes. <laughs> Brand flakes. <laughs> hey, so you on TV last night. <laughs> If I ever meet Jalen Hurts in person, walk away. <laughs> what a nice cereal box. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just, his voice irritates the hell out of me. So. He just sounds bored. I, come Am on I wrong? Actually, like, does yeah. he not just sound you know, bored all the time? He does a little bit. So Yeah, yeah. I just try and be like my best self ever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know, but uh, we got a couple of jobs uh, in the NFL that have been hey, filled. Where could I get one of these jobs? <laughs> oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> Especially if you're green and have eight legs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, well, we know Eric Bieniemy is the new Chiefs. Oh, Chiefs. Oh, my goodness. The new commander's offensive coordinator. But Matt Nagy, going back to Kansas City, he's, uh, he's getting a second stint as Chiefs offensive coordinator. Wow. He's back. Nick Nathan Nagy's back. Yes. What Mitch said. Uh, top NFL draft prospect Jalen Carter will not work out at the NFL Combine. Uh, so it's going to be interesting not getting to see a look at him. Why? I don't know. Uh, Bears, like I mentioned, leaning toward moving the number one overall draft pick. Uh, we talked about that a little bit. Teams that could be interested. Uh, it makes sense. It does make sense. Get it some makes, other picks. It build makes your a team lot up. of sense. Yeah. You got your quarterback already. Yes, you do. Build around him. Yeah. Maybe so. some uh, offensive line help, wide receiver help, defensive help. Something. They could use a they lot of help. They need a lot of help. Yeah. <laughs> Put up a, just a big. Okay. The, the, the new Chicago Bears logo is just a help wanted sign. Outside of quarterback, they need offensive line help, receiver help. They need defensive help, special teams help. Maybe a new running back with David Montgomery maybe leaving. Um, maybe new coaching staff. Maybe maybe new ownership, a new GM. Um, no. <laughs> but they have Justin Fields. And that's. <laughs> Imagine an organization needed all of that fixing outside of your quarterback spot. Dude. That'd be so bad. Sports radio in that town would never be bored. No. Wow. I mean, everyone in this organization just stinks. I mean, there's no way to talk about it. I mean, these guys are just he's just bad. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how they're talking now. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Phillies for like 10 years. Everyone was just awful. <laughs> you know that meme? It's like, uh, um... Our top story tonight. Everything is awful. awful. I love that video. <laughs> Tonight's top story. Everything is awful. <laughs> that's the Bears. Yeah, that's the Bears. The Bears. The Bears. Are awful. What's the score? Nothing, nothing. Who's winning? The Bears. <laughs> Said no one this year. Nah, yeah, I think that's from a movie. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, moving on. Other jobs. Any others? Especially if you're green and have any legs. No, okay. Um, Florida co-defense coordinator Patrick Tony will join the Arizona Cardinals. Um, let's see what else here. A little XFL stuff. AJ McCarron got a little emotional post-game presser after the BattleHawks go to two and zero. Okay, there should be no emotion shown in the uh, what is this one? XFL. XFL. This is not. Just, I can't even say this is not Detroit, man, because this is lower than Detroit. <laughs> this, this is not important. <laughs> this should not important. be crying after This is an important games. man. This is the XFL. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, all we right. should not be crying after football games here. Quick score rundown. Defenders beat the Vipers 18-6 after that. Uh, I think they're 2-0 also. 
The uh, Brahmas uh, wipe away a week one loss with a week two win, 30 to 12, in pretty convincing fashion over the Orlando Guardians. And the Renegades and Roughnecks, two of Texas's teams, go at it, seeing the Houston Roughnecks beat the Arlington Renegades 23 to 14. XFL. Brief standing rundown in the North Division. The Defenders and the Battlehawks both 2-0 with the Sea Dragons and the Vipers 0-2. Roughnecks lead the South Division at 2-0 with the Roughnecks and Brahmas both 1-1 and the Guardians at 0-2. How about that? Good stuff. I'm going to act like it is. I'm going to act like it means like a lot important. to me, yeah. but it does not really mean a whole lot to me at the end of the day. No, no one should be crying after those no. football games. And I'm just so emotional, man. I mean, I love this team. I, I mean, I love I love this league. I mean, yeah, I guess I get it in a way because these guys couldn't, I mean, like just. They're the ones that couldn't make it. They get another, they get another chance. Yeah. So it's cool in a way. Yep. All right. Final K or notebook message of hour number one. To educate community, student government boards, new student representatives will be showing the movie Step Brothers on Wednesday, March 1st at 6.30 p.m. in McFarland Student Union, room 183. There will be free popcorn and a raffle for two $5 campus store gift cards. So please be sure to come out to this special and fun event. This message of community interest is brought to you by the Radio Voice of Custer University, KUR. We're back, wrapping up hour number one. We talked about little MOB, NFL tidbits, just minorly talked about the XFL as we are navigating uh, through this kind of the stretch of the year where, I mean, there's some stuff to talk about, but... MLB's not really fully exciting yet because it's still only spring training. I well, mean, I wanted to talk to you about stuff, that. I mean, the, the MLB, like, where is the excitement building for you right now? Uh, I like seeing the prospects. Like, that that's what I want to look at. I enjoy this so much, right? Like, early on in spring training, I want to see my prospects play well. I mean, Brett Beatty's swinging it. He had a two-run home run in the first game against the Astros. Had two hits in the inter-squad scrim- scrimmage on Friday. Yep. Uh, so he's looked good. Mauricio hit that absolute bomb yesterday. Alex Ramirez got on the base a couple times. He scored. So, I mean, our top prospects are starting to hit a little bit. Um, I don't think Alvarez has played yet, so that's yeah. that's why I haven't heard much about him. But I want to uh, know yeah. who this Weston Wilson is. Ethan Wilson or Weston? No. So, there's Ethan who hit the grand slam, but then Weston Wilson also had like a home run and a two-run double uh, on Saturday while we were at the MLB store. I don't know who this man is. Let's go look it up. <laughs> Taking it to the uh, to the books here, but no, I love watching the prospects. I want to see. Uh, Did he oh, play in yesterday's game? I don't think so. Really, what I would like to see is the Phillies like not have to use like Jake Cave or um, who's their other uh, lower level guy that uh, oh Dalton Guthrie as uh, as their fourth outfielder. They're probably going to, which really is disappointing. Uh, although, although, Jack, you see uh, Sosa's being trained to play center field. Interesting. For the Phils, right? So making a utility man even more so of a utility Doesn't man. Really, does he not? Uh, does he have a good arm? Sosa, um, I mean, just ask Angel Hernandez. Was that the umpire who got a hit? I think so. I thought it was Angel. I don't know. I don't know if it was. I Maybe don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe that's just, no, I can't say that. Weston Wilson, a 28-year-old third baseman, 6'3", 215 pounds, who wears number 77, reigns from High Point, North Carolina, was a 17th-round draft choice by the Milwaukee Brewers in 2016, spent his college days at Clemson University, and his full name is Weston Graham Wilson. Okay, WGW. Yeah. WGW. He's been a career minor leaguer. Yeah. Spending his time mostly in the Brewers' farm system. With the Biloxi, uh, oh, 
what is it? Oh, come on. I know this from playing over the show. Uh, their team starts with an S. Something with, I think, clams or oysters. Hmm. I'll look it up. I need to look this up. I can't let this slide. Anyways. Um, shuckers, that's it. Biloxi Shuckers. The, there we go. Okay, the Biloxi Shuckers. And then the Nashville that Sounds. That sounds odd. And the Nashville Sounds in AAA. The Nashville Sounds? Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. Yes. I'm just going to let that speak for itself. <laughs> um, <laughs> Their logo's a music note, I think. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. You know about the, the Savannah Bananas? I love the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> so is that like a real team for yes. someone? No, it's not a minor league team for anyone. They're just like an independent uh, league team, I think. Oh, Oh. And they just play baseball in such a fun way. Johnny Damon, a former, uh, I think, 18-year MLB or MLB leaguer player. Wow, that was so bad. We're not going to talk about the way I just said that because that was so disjunct. Anyway, I uh, played in the MLB for a long time. Was it was a... Uh, Savannah Banana? Played for the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> he did. I love that. He was a Red Sox, Yankee, Royal. Uh, I believe it was a Tiger at one point. He made his way around the league. So I'm just like, I'm confused on the whole like idea of it. Like, what is it? I know that they have weird costumes and... It's costumes. I mean, they're just yellow uniforms, but yeah. like they do weird stuff. Like some guy went up to play with his bat on fire. What? Yeah. Do Whoa. not do not try this at home. No. That's awesome. Yeah. Like they do crazy stuff. Like the, I think the team they were playing the other day was like called the Party Animals. They're still playing. Yeah, they're like I think they they already started their season's games. Wow. All I see is that one like TikTok about like the manager telling them about the like telling them about the story. Might have been a TED talk or something. I don't know. But he's like giving a speech, you know, about how they they went bankrupt and then they built it from the ground up and all that. Yeah. The Savannah Bananas. The Savannah Bananas. Could you imagine going from that to the MLB? <laughs> Play <laughs> with your so bat funny. on fire. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Be like, uh, you know, Johnny, you've hit a slump here. You know, your your minor league or your uh, independent league days. You had a you were hitting 312. Now you're down to 248. What happened? Well, you know, man, it's like I, I think I was better batting uh, with my bat on fire. <laughs> so I'm trying to run it up the chain of command to see if that's legal up here. But uh, yeah, that was really my my secret sauce down there. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what else do they do? So Savannah bananas. Well, Mitch, I don't think he's gonna make the team. But to answer your question, if you want to go see Weston Wilson this year, he is not gonna make the team. Let's go to Lehigh Valley. Yeah. Yeah, maybe a depth piece. No. But uh, who's the uh, – oh, De La Cruz is the uh, upcoming prospect for the Phils, right? I think he hit a home run. I'm not sure. And uh, who's that, Rojas as well? I think it's Rojas. Johan? I might be confusing people here. Either way, the, so the Phillies, uh, they really don't have many bats coming up this season. Uh, they do have pitching coming up. Three of your top prospects are pitchers. Yeah. It's it's Abel, Painter, Painter Abel, and McGarrett. Yeah, McGarry, yeah. And then Crawford and Rawas are your top two bats. Crawford? Who's Crawford? Justin Crawford. Uh, oh. Oh, he's our top bat already? Yeah, he's your third-ranked prospect. That is not good. Uh, let's see. Did we just draft him a year ago? Yeah. That's I mean, not... Simon Muziati is your 11th-ranked prospect. The man that was up in the... <laughs> yep. I did not know his first name was Simon. Ethan Wilson's your seventh-ranked prospect. Really? Yep. Yeah, I like him. Grand Slam. <laughs> Ethan Wilson's a my guy. 
That's not good that he's your seventh ranked prospect. That is so really not good. I want to inform you that right now. Who, so read the list in order. So All right. it goes Andrew Painter. Painter, Mick Abel, Justin Crawford, Griff McGarry, Johan Rojas, How You Lee, Ethan Wilson. What do you mean, How How do you Lee? <laughs> but I mean, that's just his name. I don't know what to tell I you. I know. Gabriel Rincones Jr., uh, Alex McFarlane, and Francisco Morales, along with Simon Muziati, wrap up the top 11. Wasn't Morales up too? Wasn't he up in the big leagues? Maybe. And where's De La Cruz? Uh, Am I like tripping or something? Oh, wait. This is 2022. Oh, Jack. See? See? There's no way Crawford oh, is. They say coming soon. So that's all I have to look at is 2022. Oh, oh. We got to sign off. Yeah. Uh, hour number two coming over next year. Heavy hitters. 10 a.m. on the East Coast. How we doing, As if Jack? it would be anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> well, I should, I should pick a new time zone every day. Just to confuse everybody, uh, this is a this is a listener friendly thing. Here. Seven a.m. on the West Coast, and it is eight a.m. in Denver. It is eight a.m. in the Mountain Time Zone. Mountain Standard Time, yeah. Um, Central MST. Time. So. It is ten nine Central. <laughs> Only on ten Eastern, nine Central. You know that you were, you were you a Disney Channel kid? Uh, for a little bit, yeah. I like some Disney bit, shows. Yeah. Good luck, Charlie. Yeah. That was my jam, bro. Phineas and Ferb was my favorite. And there's 104 Four days of summer vacation. I love that show. Yes. I still go back and watch that show. Fossils. Dun, dun, dun. We are uh, back with another hour of sports talk, bringing it to the entire tri-state area. <laughs> And wherever and else, beyond. and wherever else you may be listening on apps like TuneIn, my tuner. This is the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR, to the tri-state area and beyond. To the, <laughs> <laughs> to the tri-state area and beyond. <laughs> this is the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. That is the lovely Jack Heim. And I am the irrelevant Mitchell Smith. No! Yeah. That's not the right word. You picked <laughs> the wrong word to describe yourself, Mitch. What, would word, what word would you choose, Jack? <sighs> Clown. No, I get it. Clown. That's write mean. that down. Write that down! That's mean. Um, no, I'd say... The blind. Jokester. Uh, the jokester. The jokester Mitchell Smedley. Yeah. So. I, bring the, I bring the energy. Yeah. Yeah, bring the energy. The quick-witted... Um, Fancy like the Bucks County kid. Yeah, the Bucks <laughs> County kid. Anyways, we are uh, we're just filling time. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. What no, are we gonna, no, we're we're talking about NFL. We talked a little about MLB. We're gonna get into some uh, March Madness here in a second. But March uh, Madness. I am just like I don't know about you, and I know you were trying to pump the brakes a little bit, and I kind of got distracted because of our whole New York trip. Yeah, but my oh my, is the excitement there? For the Phillies, I cannot wait. Jack. I can't wait either. I think we're winning the division. I think we're gonna go to the playoffs. <laughs> the playoffs? We gotta win a game. Can't worry about playoffs. <laughs> we gotta win opening day first. <laughs> yeah, okay. No um, um, dude, even if, even if though, you know, I found some comfort in one of our other KUR members though, because uh, you know, I was thinking about it, right? The Rangers, uh, the Yankees, and God forbid, you know, if the Phillies lose to the Reds, right? <laughs> Let's say the, the Phillies are three and six after oh, the Red Series. That'd be great. After the Red Series, right? I'd love it. Just listen, you know. <laughs> I, I I played that scenario out in my head last night as I was falling asleep, 
Why? It, it terrorized me because I'm just I, my mind runs places, Jack. You don't want to know about it. Uh, and I thought about this three and six, and I thought, you know, how would I react? Would would the season be over at that moment? And I thought, no, <laughs> no. Would the season be over? Because nine in the games words in? of Josh Toot, it's only game nine. <laughs> After the Phillies get embarrassed 12-3 to the Reds, losing the series, Jack, it would only be game nine. Getting swept. <laughs> Getting swept by the Reds. <laughs> oh, oh, that'd be so funny. Two and seven. <laughs> like what happened to the Cubs last year for, yes, for the Phillies? Exactly. Happens this year against exactly. the Reds. Exactly. <laughs> it would only be game nine. We're going to shock the world, Jack. We're going to shock. You're not going to shock. Who world. are you shocking? Uh, everyone who picks the Phillies to get third in the division? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Every Except time, you're not going to win the division. Every time I see those rankings, we're just like, oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, God. <laughs> what? It's, it's just, just an ordinary, ordinary power court. rank. Oh! <laughs> Squidward! Squidward! <laughs> That's my favorite part of that. <laughs> Front and center, please. <laughs> what is the meaning of this? <laughs> Squidward. Squidward. Is this how you get your sick kicks? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Well, listen, you little funny man. <laughs> you think this is funny? <laughs> In a cosmic sort of way, yes. <laughs> When the Phillies get swept by the Reds. <laughs> Literally. You think this is funny, Jack? In a cosmic sort of way, yes. <laughs> like, what does that even mean? I don't know. But I'm dying laughing. What? It's this, just is why, this is why I love this show. <laughs> Perfect blend of uh, plankton and Phillies. In a, sort, in a cosmic sort of way. In you a cosmic ask. sort of way, yes. <laughs> New sweeper. You oh. think this is funny? <laughs> In a cosmic sort of way, yes. <laughs> I don't know why this is funny. <laughs> Bro, I have not, uh, by the way, laughed as hard as I did in our month's discussion. Oh, my goodness. And when we played that back in New York. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. That was... That was incredible. Um, I need to go in and create a... I'm not going to use it, but create a, a would-be sweeper for the... Uh, <laughs> you ever have those... <laughs> High school. Oh my goodness. That was the best part. <laughs> you ever had those high school relationships? No. no. <laughs> I'm assuming you'd be mad if I made that into an actual. No, I don't care. That's you want, funny. Let's do that it. That was man. funny. That was so funny. That was hilarious. That was so funny. All right. <laughs> we got to read a notebook. But on a more serious yes. Thank you, Mitch. On a more serious note, from the KR Notebook, attention KU community. And thank you, Jack. We're cut that off. That <laughs> All right. Attention KU community. Come dance with us at the discotheque. And Rickenbox TV Studio LC4 on Saturday, March 4th from 7.30 to 11 p.m. This immersive light show and dance party experience will feature Philly's premier dance music DJs bringing their dance floor shaken grooves to our campus. Bring some friends to party or tune in to the live stream at samplememory.com slash live. We hope to see you there once again. Tune in the live stream or go in person, but to stream it. Go to samplememory.com slash live. This message of community interest brought to you by Radio Voice Coast University. K-U-R. Heavy hitters! Hour two, we're rolling on. Mitch is munching some goldfish, his favorite snack. 
I didn't mean to call him out, but everyone loves goldfish, and if you don't... What don't... is a skeleton's favorite snack? <laughs> <laughs> Why must you fail me so often? <laughs> I love that. Uh, uh, you know that video. Right? I do know that yeah, video. You have to, yeah. Anyways, so. anyways, we're getting back into it. But yes, I'm very excited for uh, for the opening of the season, Jack. I just can't wait. I just ah, oh, I can't wait to see actual Alec Bohm. You know, it's too early to actually discover what we're truly getting out of these players. We're one weekend in, but mm, I'll tell you, when Andrew Painter makes that first start this week, oh baby, well. 31 days till opening day. Is it still that many? 31! That's still too many for me. I don't like that. I don't like it, Jack. Um, we uh, we got to move on, though. A lot of baseball talk. We do. A lot of baseball talk. Uh, you want to hit March Madness next? I mean, sure, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, golly. I mean, we're going to we're gonna do some major filling here. But, yes, I could talk a lot about March Madness. Do it, then. Hurry then, up. Then let's go. All right. Pack your bags. It's on. <laughs> Remember that old slogan? Yes. Do you know the airline? Oh, come on. This was this was a classic. Classic. It was a classic. Hold up. Hold on. There, He's lo- he has to look it up. Are you kidding? No, I'm I'm not looking that up. I'm oh. pulling up my Marshman and stuff. Pack your bags. It's on. I don't know. Southwest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now I'd ring the bell. I remember Tom McCarthy always reading that like when the Phillies came back. Like, uh, this game is sponsored by this and this, this, this. and Southwest. Pack your bags. It's on. <laughs> Just and then you know Phillies are down eighteen to one. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Ruff coming to the plate and that ball's crushed. But Gone. foul. But foul. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Now that was Aaron Altair. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hey, it's another former Philly and Met. Yeah. Oh, wait, was he a Met? Yes, he was. Oh. Aaron Altair. Why would you pick him up? That was the old regime. Yeah, same for the Phillies. Dude, that, that's the real sign of growth is that we Aaron can bo- Altair we can is both not on your bigger baseball and better team things anymore. Yeah. With our, with our teams. Bro, do you know the... Do you know the feeling of going from Aaron Altair to JT Real Muto? Do you know how much that helps my soul? Yeah. Even Garrett Stubbs is like a billion times better than Aaron Altair. Like a billion, dude. Yeah, I'm trying to think of that guy for the Mets. Um, All of them. Yeah, it was a lot of bad guys, especially from like 2017 to 2020. It was bad. You know who I uh, hate to remember? Who? Tommy Joseph. <laughs> Tommy Joseph. Remember when he was going to be the next best thing? Yes. My dad came running in, right? Because he was awful when he came up to the majors. My dad comes running into the room when I'm, like, doing homework. When I'm like, Joseph just hit a home run. I was like, awesome, Dad. Awesome. He's like, dude, it's happening. I think he said those exact words. It's happening. Oh, my goodness. Who was, uh, oh, yeah, Michael Franco, former Philly. That was gross. Who else? That was my dad's favorite player, like John, ever. John Mayberry was a Philly. John Mayberry, Junior. Oh my John Mayberry goodness. Jr. That was what a time. Former Philly and former Met. Freddie Galvis was good. Oh, Freddie Galvis, man. Woo, that's a name. You know who's like the most like average player ever? Like not bad, but like not good. You know, like 
I, I think has to be the baseline for an MLB player. Who? Cesar Hernandez. You know who I think of when I think of the Phillies, like, bench? Who? Andrew Knapp. <laughs> oh, the sheer silence says it all. I think he's the worst player I've ever watched. <laughs> I don't think I've ever... Oh, Andrew Knapp, man. Who else? I don't think I've ever watched a game. Was there a guy? Was Cameron Rupp a Philly? Yes. Okay. And N- he number 29. Goodell comes running in. Here's the throw to the plate. It's on the way. He is out. Cameron Rupp hangs on. Oh, man. What yeah. a play. Big bald guy. No batting gloves. <laughs> yeah. Like the wannabe Evan Gaddis. Dude, I, I just don't think I've ever been more disappointed when there's a big inning, when it's like second and third, two outs, and who comes to the plate but Andrew Knapp. And I can automatically turn off my TV and understand that nothing is going to happen. Nothing. Do you know the depression you fall into when you're begging and... and Flopping on the ground, crying, hoping for a wild pitch because you know that Andrew Knapp can't get a single. Yeah. Where every ball outside the zone feels like a home run because you're one step closer to a walk and getting to a real batter. Like the days of, like, this is what I don't miss. This is just what I don't miss. Like the Robert Gesellmans of the world in the Mets. Jacob Rame, like, oh, I'm looking back at the 2018 Mets roster. This is disgusting. Kevin Plawecki, Philip Evans, oh my God, you want to hear these infielders? Disgusting. As Drupal Cabrera, Philip Evans, Wilmer Flores, Todd Frazier, Adrian Gonzalez, Jose Reyes, and Ahmed Rosario. Can you read the 2021 Phillies bullpen? Okay. Remember how historically bad that was? Okay, let's pull it up. Also, you know what was awesome? I don't know if we could just do this and reminisce about how bad our how teams bad were. our teams were. Um, remember when Jay Bruce came to the Phillies? Yeah, another former man, former Philly. Yeah, his first game, he hits two home runs, including a grand slam. There's honestly another thing about it, there's a lot of former Mets and Phillies. Oh no, there absolutely are. Was Anthony Swarzak ever a Philly? Anthony Swarzak, I, I don't feel like remember it, but it might have happened. I swore he was. I don't know. Okay. Philly's pen picture should become clearer from Todd Zalecki, March 24, 2021. Right-handed pitchers, Hector Neris, Gross. Archie Bradley, oh, God. and Jose Alvarado. Oh, man. Connor Brogdon and Gross. Jojo Romero. Oof. Sam Coonrod. Hey, Mets save. <laughs> Brandon Kinsler. Oh, I forgot about that man. Tony Watson. Don't even remember him. And Hector Rondon. Nope. Wow. How far have we come, Jack? By the way, uh, what do you think about this Noah Song guy that the Phillies have? I have no idea who that is. So he was in the Navy, and he got discharged. Not the Navy! Not the Navy! Um, but I think the Phillies thought he had one more year uh, because like, he's like a is he a Rule 5 pickup, I think, from the Red Sox. And so basically what has to happen for him to stay a Philly is uh, he can't leave the 26-man roster. And this man has never played higher than uh, low A. Oh. <laughs> That's not good. He's never played higher than low A. Oh, Mitch, you know who we completely forgot about? Who? Who was supposed to be the next stud for the Phils? Wait, is it Dom Brown? 
No, but that's a good one. No, is it, uh, wait, let me guess. What year? Uh, like 2017, 2018-ish? 2018, J.P. Crawford? No. No? Oh, man. You're about to lay a big name on me. I can feel it. Uh, maybe 2016. Maybe a little earlier. Oh, okay. Uh, Tyler Goodell. Scott Kingery. Oh! He's in spring training! And I think he hit a home run off, like, Painter or something. <laughs> no, I absolutely... Yeah, and he's... Yeah, I think he's making, like, $12 Wait, million. When did the Phillies get Jake Cave? I told you, he's he's like our potential fourth outfielder. Yeah, he'll probably be your fourth outfielder. No, it's probably going to be Guthrie. What's the story with Jake Cave? Where did he come from? Minnesota. Okay. Minnesota! <laughs> Minnesota! <laughs> a great reference. Thank you. Um, no, but Kingery, uh, I think, makes like something like $12 million a year. It's it's one of the most embarrassing things I've ever heard of. Scott Kingery. Check his contract. I I'm telling you, it's bad. Hold on, I'm gonna Scotty Jetpacks there. I I vividly remember a Phillies Mets game, I believe, in 2019, where the Phillies led ten nothing after the first inning, with Scott Kingery hitting a was he a two run double or a three run home run? I think he was a three run homer. Him and Franco. Do you remember that game in Sorry, Philly? Phillies jumped on the Mets ten nothing in the first inning, twenty nineteen. Oh. Yes, who was on the mound for that game? That was the Mets. He didn't record an out. I know that. I don't know. Yeah, I forget. But uh, yeah, that was a fun game. I enjoyed that one. And then what happened was like the the second and the third and the fourth inning, the Mets. Like, hit, like, a solo home run in each inning. The Phillies announcers were like, they can't catch up, can they? <laughs> it's just how things were going. Um, I think a game I'll never forget was the game in CBP, and I think it was 2015. Oh, wow. With uh, Phillies-Mets, it was a shootout. It was, like, 17-12. Wow. Yeah, you want to hit, like, four homers. Uh, David Wright hit a home run in his first game back. He went up in the second deck in left field. That thing was a cr- crushed. Phillies were up like 4-0 in the first inning. Mets rallied back, took the lead, back and forth game. And the Mets ended up winning pretty handedly, I think. It was like 18-11 or something, something mm-hmm. like that. I don't know. Yeah. It was a crazy game, though. I was like, that game I'll never forget. Never forget how much runs we scored. I mean, that was crazy. Crazy. So apparently, uh, by the way, I'll talk about this briefly. Nick Castellanos, while we're talking about guys that have just sunk our franchises. Um, <laughs> Nick Castellanos, apparently. Uh, people are aware that it's only batting practice and, and it's early in the spring, but uh, he apparently is behind the ball a little bit more. Uh, and, he, and by the way, there was a pitch down and away. And I thought I traveled into some alternate reality, Jack, because Castellanos didn't swing at it yesterday. I was shocked. I jumped up off the couch. There were tears of joy pouring from my eyes. Nick Castellanos did not chase a ball low and away. Can you believe that? Yeah. That's nuts. (laughs) Proceeded to then hit that two-run home run. And uh, how huge would that be? 
Would you would you quit yawning at the Phillies lineup if Castellanos became a big hitter again? Mm. Joining Turner, Schwaba, Hoppe when he comes back. JT Real Muto. J T Real Muto. How about JP Crawford? Remember that when that Hi, was Mitch. supposed to happen? Mitch, we're gonna do the thing. Yeah, do the thing. We're gonna we're gonna go to break. We're when gonna we come go back. Break. We're gonna wrap up MLB. Uh, and then go to March Madness for the last a bit of well, uh, college basketball talk. Pardon me. The last around half hour of the show. So yeah. stay tuned. Put in more coming to your next flip side of the first break of an hour two here at Heavy Eaters Radio Voices Coast University. KUR. And welcome back to Heavy Eaters everybody here at Radio Voices Coast University. KUR. Right in the smack dab middle of hour number two. We're talking all things baseball. Opening day coming up. Reminiscing on horrible players that have played for our franchises that have been both Mets and Phillies. Um, now kind of gearing back towards this year. I think we did this already, but we're going to rapid fire, run through our teams, yeah. like what their projected roster is. I like doing this, like, you know, once once a week during the spring update, you know, because you see these guys now in-game, right? Like, I can see a little more confidence in Turner, and I know, well, I'll let you get to your point, but I, I have a point at the top of the Phillies lineup that I'm, I'm much more confident in. All right, one sec. Hold up there, champ. Hold up there, Jeffro. Whoa, hold up there, hot shot. <laughs> Don't be interrupting my live broadcast. Uh, how you doing? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> hey, Mitch, do you want to talk uh, March Madness or MLB? Nah, I don't want anything. <laughs> All right, then uh, get out of the studio because I got a show to do. No, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to stay right here or go okay. to McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, we're going to. Okay, so. Phillies real quick. We're going to run through this very, very quickly. Uh, projected lineup, Turner 1, Schwarber 2, without Harper, by the way. Yeah. Hoskins 3, JT 4, Castellanos 5, Derek Hall 6, Bohm 7, Stott 8, and March 9th. Mm-hmm. G- give me like a 1 out of 10 grade on that. Uh, a 1 out of 10 grade for that um, going into the year without Harper. So the first half of the year, this lineup for me gets a 7. Mm. Maybe a six. Mm. You know, I'm going to go six because Derek Hall exists. I'm going to go six and a half. Mm-hmm. I think it's right in that ballpark. When Harper comes in, this is an eight and a half, nine. Okay. But here's my here's my thinking. Uh, I'll go first. You can go first for the Mets. This is this is my live broadcast. <laughs> um, I smell your popcorn. Thank you. He's getting his popcorn out to watch me ramble. Uh, Trey Turner is going to be a great Great leadoff hitter. And I'm telling you, look, Schwarber's probably not going to have 46 home runs this year. But if he has, like, another 30 season, didn't he have 30 in 2021? Yeah. Yeah, like 31, 32. If he has that again with Turner on base now, he's going to have more RBIs than he did last season. He had 46 home runs. I think he had, like, 90 RBIs. That's not good. That is not That is not sufficient. Having Turner on base in front of him, though, like this— it's going to be huge. And Turner can just get bat to ball. And Ben Davis was being sarcastic on the broadcast yesterday. He's like, I, you know, T-Mac, I've never just seen a guy just put the bat on the ball and get a hit. Like, I, that was crazy to me. Like, I, yeah. Okay, Ben. But, like, <laughs> Jack, you don't like Ben Davis, do you? He does not seem like a guy you would enjoy. No, it's just so funny. Ben Shapiro or Ben Davis? Okay, we're going to refrain from that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but anyway, so I have so much hope 
and hype for, for Turner up at the top of that lineup. My one worry is that Schwarber has always been more comfortable in the in the leadoff spot. I don't know how that's going to shake out. But even if Turner gets on, right? Even if Turner gets on. Which, and by the way, I'll, I'll move down this lineup a little bit. There are three guys in my in my world, three guys that could hit a home run and drive Turner in. And they are Schwarber, ha- Hoskins, and Castellanos. I would put Castellanos ha- fourth. I would put Castellanos fourth in this lineup. Um... I think he's going to be back to a good form. Um, that's just my thinking. Real Muto doesn't strike me as a cleanup hitter. I know he's been doing it. Uh, we'll see. But here's the problem. I have a couple problems with this lineup that drag it down from what I, you know, at first glance thought it could be. The amount of righties. Uh, after Schwarber, who's a lefty. Three lefties. You have three righties in a row. No. Yes. And then it's Derek Hall. And that's not exactly comforting or striking fear into a pitcher's heart. Nope. And then it's another righty in Bohm. And then it's a lefty in Stott. The only real lefty in this lineup... I have a lot of hope for Stott, but the only bonafide lefty in this lineup is Schwarber. And that's scary. Uh, That's very scary to me. Harper is essential for this team. I really wish... uh, Oh, I forgot Marsh is a lefty too, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so there's two lefties down at the tail end, which is odd to me. If if it were me, I think having Bohm on uh, m- closer to the top of the lineup could— I, I think Bohm's going to be really good this year, and kind of having him uh, get on base for the big guys I think would be interesting. So I, w- I would bat Bohm eighth, uh, move Stott up to like—oh, where would that put him? Seven. But the problem is then Stott and, and Hall are batting six, seven. Yeah, and I don't like grouping these lefties up. So, and and I'm not comfortable moving Derek Hall up above JT or Nick Castellanos. I think Derek Hall should have clean up. Really? Why? No, I'm not serious at all. Oh, that's the biggest joke of all time. If Castellanos isn't back to form, I could stomach hitting Derek Hall fifth and Castellanos sixth. I'd put Bone fifth. Really? If they're struggling, it's it's a good idea. Um, I think there's a lot of ways you can mix and match it. Uh, I've also considered why not um, why not Turner Hoskins Schwarber? You could. I think that would make a lot of sense. And then Castellanos or or, or Real Muto after Schwarber, uh, having Marsh down at the at the nine spot kind of breaks up those righties. Uh, I would then bat um, I would bat Bohm or whoever's struggling the most uh, out of the righties eighth. I don't know. There's a lot. I feel like I'm slipping into what uh, Joe Girardi used to do, which was really trying to alternate lefties and righties. What was what was the playoff lineup for the Phils? It was Schwarber lefty, Hoskins righty, JT righty, Harper lefty, and then it was like the middle was like Castellanos, Bohm. I I really you know the point is when Harper comes back, this lineup is incredible because yeah. you won't need Derek Hall because he'll be out of there. You ain't gonna be here. Yeah. Um, so. when, when Harper comes back, though, this is incredible. With uh, a top looking like, uh, what am I? Uh, Turner, Schwarber, Hoskins, Harper, Realmuto, Castellanos, Bohm, top seven. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? So. You're yawning at that. Give me a break. Talk about the fills. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna make this real quick. I mean, we do have other stuff to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, so rapid fire. Pretty much agree with everything you said. Uh, it's going to be a dangerous lineup, I think, when Harper gets back for sure. Right now, I'm really not 
you know, I mean, I'm looking at it, and there's some there's some guys who can hurt you, but I mean, there's also a lot of strikeout capability in this lineup. I mean, I mean, Schwarber, Hoskins, Ramuto, not Ramuto. Uh, Ramuto is very good bat to balls. Castellanos, they all strike out a lot. Derek Hall's a walking strikeout. Um, <laughs> a walking strikeout. Sorry, buddy. He's not that good. Uh, Marsh can not. He strikes out a decent bit. I Struck think. out in the biggest spot of the World Series. So, I mean, biggest. Spot. And then look, I, I think a guy I mean, Stott's going to need to prove himself. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, he's shown some flashes, but it's just all about consistency for him. Mm-hmm. I uh, look at the bench, not really great. I mean, Stubbs, Harrison, Sosa, and Guthrie. Not a lot of, I mean, okay. It's okay. I, it, it's a league where you're not using your bench too much. You know, there's not as much pinch hitting going on no, at all. But it's just good to have those guys that you know you can depend on. Right? I think Sosa's the best out of that group. Yeah. Sosa's going to be playing a lot. And I'm not totally against that. Yeah, it just depends if he can hit. Yeah. So, I think I think you'll see some Sosa um, giving guys days off all around the diamond. I think you'll see him uh, second base, third base, center field. Uh, what have you thought about the Phillies' talk of uh, hitting Real Muto at first base when he needs days off from catching to kind of prolong his career? Uh, Stubbs catching and then Hoskins DH because that takes Derek Hall out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, look, that's certainly, you know, look, there's opportunities to be had. And I think you can definitely do a lot of mixing and matching with this group. Uh, keep guys fresh, uh, get them around. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Yeah. Just, again, it's, it's, I think that's the only thing if you need to do if it's necessity-wise, though. Yep. So Tell me about the Mets lineup now. Mets lineup, they're going to make this quick. We do have some uh, college basketball to talk to as we keep ever getting closer. We'll get there. Uh, it's yeah. a selection Sunday. But, uh yeah, I mean, I like what I'm seeing. I mean, it's kind of similar to last year. Uh, let's see. We got, you know, we got Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, McNeil, Vogelback, Canna, and then Escobar slash Beatty, and then Nervais and Nito will lock up the catching spot. It's projected lineup against right-handed pitching. Uh, the Nito, Ruff, Giorme, and Fam is the projected bench. I mean, I think uh, Beatty will get in there somehow. So, I mean, that, that's just my estimation of it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but there's going to be some tough decisions here for the start of the regular season for the Mets. Uh, who they want to keep. I mean, injuries that they could play a factor two if someone goes down. Uh, but lineup-wise, I like what I see. Uh, I do. I mean, this is a group who was top five in offense last year. I think some guys are in better shape than they were last year. I mean, Canna was dealing with uh, some stuff during training last year, so he couldn't even get fully in the shape he wanted to go into the season, he still had a pretty good year, so I think he can uptick. Uh, I think Vogel back a full year here. Uh, that's going to be good. That's going to be a thing I like to see. 20-plus uh, homer guy. Uh, he's a guy who's really, really good against right-handed pitching, so uh, I like him as her DH. McNeil, great bat-to-ball skills. Same as uh, same with Nimmo. Uh, just knows how, They know how to get on base. Uh, and then, you know, Lindor and Alonzo, the star power right in the smack dab middle of that lineup, man. Uh, I think Escobar could be in store for a full good year this year compared to just really his scorching out September. Uh, and then Beatty's looked good in camp and uh, early on in spring training. So I'm excited to see what this lineup could do. I, I really am. So Yeah. Uh, 1 to 10 like we did with the Phils. 1 to 10, I'd give it, give it an 8. Because this is fully healthy group. An eight. Yep. 
See, this is my like. I think they're a six and a half, six and three quarters. Like, I think they're a tick better than the Phillies current lineup. See, I, I don't Phillies, think it's close when Harper comes back. I don't. You think the Phillies are that much better than the Mets lineup when Harper gets back? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they're. I think they're a little bit better. Not who's the who's the first four of the Mets? It's Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Lindor Alonso. Alonso. Right. That's a good top four. Nimmo. Marte. I think I'm taking Turner. I'm taking Turner over Nimmo. I'm taking Schwarber over Marte. I'm uh, Hoskins to Lindor. I'll give you Lindor. Yeah, but I'll take Harper over over Alonso. It's three out of four, and then back it up with who's the next three? McNeil, Vogelback, Canna. McNeil, Vogelback, Canna. Uh, compared to Real Muto, Castellanos, and Bo. Mm-hmm. I'm taking those three over over. The, the Mets group. I don't know, man. I love Jeff. I do. I think if I had to rate those six players in order, Remuto one, McNeil two. Um, Castellanos three. I don't know. Based off last year, though, that's what that's, I'm thinking See, of. this is... the Castellanos really... like It's, it's going to be pounded into the ground. Castellanos is such an X factor for this team. If he's good, oh my goodness. Castellanos, like, I was listening to some some radio. Castellanos should be the third best hitter on the Phillies. And he, he could be batting sixth, right? He sh- But he should be, like, the third best hitter. If he makes the jump from sixth or seventh best hitter to third best, are you kidding? Like, that is when I think this really has the poten- potential to get scary, especially considering if Bohm continues to grow, if Stock continues to grow. I don't know how much growth you'll get out of Brandon Marsh. I can dream though. Um, I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna really stop uh, just throwing that in Jack's face. Brandon Marsh is not that good of a player. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank two, you. Two, two playoff home runs though. So you know. Um, <laughs> but I, I just I really think the uh, when you break it down, like I think the Phillies lineup is just better. I'm surprised you let me get away so easily with the Schwarber Marte thing. I think Marte's close. It is. I think it's, uh, it depends on what you want. It abso- that's exactly what I was going to say. Exactly. Do you want a guy who's going to you know, get on base, hit for good average, and hit around 20-ish home runs? Or do you want a guy who's going to hit 40. 40 bombs and then... you know, A lot of walks. A lot of walks. But strikeouts. Good out. amount of strikeouts around yeah. there, too. But Schwarber's also... And I know this doesn't matter for what we're talking about. He's the best clubhouse guy we've had in Philly since... Like the heyday, since like the 2008 era, best clubhouse presence. Yeah, it's awesome. I guess. Yeah, I guess you could paint that story. But so I, that's just how I see. It. I think uh, when Harper's here, the uh, Phillies are are clearly a better lineup than the Mets. When he's not here, I think the Mets have a slight edge. So you think Harper's the key? Oh, he's the best hitter in baseball. Oh, I don't know if I'd say that. He's he's one of the best hitters in the game, Jack. Yes, I agree. Who do you think's the best hitter in baseball? Best pure hitter. When healthy, Mike Trout. You think? 100%. Harper's pretty good. He is. But he ain't Mike Trout. <laughs> Harper right. hits one in the air to left center field. Back it goes. Harper, the swing of his life. 
Well, I'll let Mitch take that into our break. We're going to take our <laughs> final break of today's show. When we come back, we're going to move on to College Hoops discussion. We are 13 days away from Selection Sunday. We are getting there. It's rapidly approaching. Conference tournaments start as early as today in the A-Sun. We'll talk all that and more coming right next year on the Radio Voice of Coastal University, KUR Heavy Hitters. And welcome back in Heavy Hitters. Last break of the day. We are back. We're going to move on talking about all things college basketball. Mitch. Yes, sir. 13 days till March Madness. 13 days. Getting there, Jack. 13 days. So let me do the math. 31 till MLB minus 13 is 18 days between March Madness. Yes, sir. Oh, and he dropped the ball. Did it go in the trash can? I think it did. All right. Well, we're here. We're here. We got to talk about a good amount of stuff. We do. So let us know what transpired this weekend. What transpired this weekend? We're going to go back last night. Big Ten, Rutgers, Penn State. Opportunity for the Nittany Lions to potentially play their way into the tournament field on the bubble. And they fell Mm. again to Rutgers. And the worst part was, at one point in the first half, Penn State had a 26-9 lead. And fell short. It was 31-21 Penn State at the Falcons game. 31-21 Penn State at the break. Rutgers surges in the second half. 59-56. The Scarlet Knights sweep the Nittany Lions in the season series. And that's another road bump for Penn State. They have a couple games left. They go to Northwestern and host Maryland to end the season. As it was the last game in February. Big opportunity. On a Wednesday night at 9 p.m. for Penn State. We said they had to go 3-1. and one. They've gone 1-1 one one and one. One so far. They, they need got to win out. They need to win at least one of these next two. Oh, my. If like, they win both, if they win both, that would be huge. If they would split, it'd be okay, but they'd have some work to do with the Big Ten tournament. At 21, ranked Northwestern, that is the big opportunity for Micah Shrewsbury and the Nittany Lions. They need to get it done. Jalen Pickett, you need to get it done. Seth Lundy, need to get it done. All these guys, they need to step up. This is the time. It's now or never. It really is now or never. I mean, last night, picking on the 11 points, I don't think shot a field goal attempt in the second half. Seth Lundy, 0 of 11 from 3 and 1 of 16 from the floor shooting-wise. I mean, that's that's disgusting. And that's, that's obnoxiously bad. It might be one of the worst shooting days I've ever seen. Cameron Winter actually had a good day. 16 points led the way. 6 of 9 from the field and 3 of 5 from 3 was the best scorer for the Nittany Lions all night. But, again, not enough. They needed that one. I mean, they had it. Up by 10 at the break in a low-scoring type of game. And they couldn't win. They couldn't win it. It's not good. Not good. I mean, it's one thing to lose. It's another to lose like that. Yeah. Yes, That's the thing. Like, a loss isn't just a loss, you know? No, it's not. Some losses are worse. Some losses are worse. Well, I mentioned Northwestern and Maryland. Those teams actually played each other yesterday in College Park, Maryland. The Terps took a a 75-59 win at home. They are peaking at the right time. Maryland is hot. They have won. They are, well, in their seven games, they went 5-2 in February. Quick math. There we go. They wrap up the season at Ohio State and at Penn State. A couple road tilts for Maryland going to the tournament in the right shape here. If they were, they would have won seven of the last nine regular season games. Would be good for Maryland. Uh, and this one, all starting five players registered double-figure points for Maryland. Good for them. Another good win. 
Uh, other big game on Sunday, Michigan, Wisconsin. A lot of Big Ten talk. This one went to OT after Hunter Dick- Dickinson hit a huge three as the buzzer sounded. The Wolverines got an OT win over Greg Gard and the Badgers. Uh, what a win. I mean, what a win. Keeps Michigan's tournament hopes alive. I mean, for now, we will see if they actually end up getting in. Uh, Doug McDaniel had 20, and Kobe Bufkin had 28 leading the way, along with Hunter Dickinson's 23. Those are the three guys who really led Michigan to get that W. Uh, we're going to go back to Saturday a little bit before we look forward here. A lot of buzzer beaters, man. Florida State, Miami, 13th ranked Canes go down to my Knowles on a Matthew Clavin three-point buzzer beater. And all the folks at Coral Gables got humbled real quick. Jack was excited. I was very happy, man. God, I hate Miami as our rivals. As FSU's rivals, always sweet to get a win, especially in the year where you're struggling. 9-20 and 20 overall with a win, but you stun a top 15 team in the country on their home floor. Especially when you're their arch rival. Man, that's so good. Sweet, man. A sweet taste of victory. And it's sweet. Sweet. Villanova gets an upset win at home over Creighton. Yes, I do follow you there. (laughs) Great song. Uh, Big win for the Wildcats. What? They beat Creighton. Yes, they did. Number 19th ranked Blue Jays. Uh, Eric Dixon with 31. The junior led the way for the Wildcats along with uh, freshman sensation Cam Whitmore uh, with his 17. Those are two big scores. And the Wildcats win. Uh, let's see what else here. At the Garden in New York City where we were, St. John's fell at home to 18th ranked UConn in a thriller, 95-86. The Huskies get a much-needed win there. Oklahoma goes on the road and gets an 11-point win at 23rd-ranked Iowa State. TCU hangs on in a thriller, 83-82 over Texas Tech as the Big 12 continues to be just an absolute dogfight night in and night out. Clemson rebounds after a horrific loss against Louisville. Got a 25-point road win at NC State. Uh, at least the Wolfpack are projected tournament team. Clemson trying to fight to keep themselves in the nick of things. Iowa erased an 11-point deficit in the final minute of regulation and then went on to win 112-106 in an OT thriller uh, between those two Big Ten schools. I mean, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Alabama-Arkansas, two of the best in the SEC. Tied win at three on their home floor. They are projected top overall seed in the tournament as Nate Oates' group. Brandon Miller, the freshman, has had a lot of controversy around him uh, in the past couple weeks. Led the way with 24 for the Tide, along with Clowney and Sears with 13 and 10. And Javon Quinterly, the Villanova transfer, 16 off the bench in Alabama's win. The Tide continue to roll. 89-88, Arizona State. Buzzer beater win again. Devin Cambridge Jr. He's it from half court to stun the Wildcats in their home gym. Arizona State, huge win for Bobby Hurley and company, keeping the Sun Devils tournament hopes. Uh, live for now. Again, we'll see these things start to take shape over the last couple regular season games, uh, which teams look like they're going to be out, which teams have a chance to get in uh, before conference tournament time. Big win for ASU. They are now 20-9. and nine. Battle another two Big 12 Titans. Uh, Baylor, Texas, two top 10 teams. Baylor, nine-point win, and they get revenge over the Longhorns on their home floor. Uh, let's see what other big games were there. Again, Saturday, biggest day. There's a lot of games. Hofstra clinches the share of the Colonial season title with Charleston. Hofstra will be the one seed going into the CAA tournament that starts later on this week. Mississippi State, big dub on their home floor against 25th-ranked Texas A&M, 69-62. Kansas continues to take care of business with a two-point home win against West Virginia. Uh, And UNC upsets number 6-ranked Virginia on their home floor. UNC continues 
uh, to keep their tournament hopes alive with their first Quadrant 1 win of the season. They That is one they desperately, desperately, desperately needed. And then the last big game on Saturday, Gonzaga guarantees themselves at least a share of the regular season title in the WCC, barring a loss with a 77-68 home win against St. Mary's. Uh, we're going to look ahead to this week in just a moment. Uh, but before we do, we have a message from the KUR Notebook. Totally prepared for it, by the way. Oh, absolutely. What are you talking about? I'm always prepared. Attention KU faculty. Have you or a colleague made a positive impact in the undergraduate research field? If so, nominate them for Undergraduate Research and Creativity's Faculty Mentorship Awards. The awards recognize excellence in faculty engagement with undergraduate researchers and carries $500 in professional development funds. The deadline for nominations is quickly approaching, and you have until March 1st to turn in your application materials. To learn more about UGRC's Faculty Mentorship Awards, please visit www.kutztown.edu slash UGRC and look under undergraduate research and creativity. And if you'd like to stay updated with everything UGRC has to offer, you can follow them on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community interest brought to you by Radio West Coast University KUR. Wrapping up today's show, we were talking about college basketball, what happened over the weekend, what we have to look forward to ahead this week. We'll talk more about it on Wednesday as conference tournaments start to happen. But the first round of the Atlantic Sun Tournament happens tonight. It's the, I believe, the 7 and the 8 seed uh, playing the 8 and the 9 and 10. Doesn't make sense. Why doesn't the 7 play the 10 and the 8 play the 9? I guess we'll never know. Uh, but the four bottom teams in the conference didn't are not eligible for the conference tournament. It's only the top 10 out of the top 14. Yeah, it's the 10 and the 9 in FGC, Florida Gulf Coast, and Queens College, and the 7 versus 8 in North Florida and Bellarmine. Uh, so that will happen tonight, officially marking the start of conference tournaments. If I had to predict a winner for that one, uh, I guess I'll just do it right now. I think... I mean, Kennesaw State and Liberty, top two seeds. Kennesaw State gets the one, their first ever winning season at the Division I level since they moved up in 2006. 23-8 uh, overall, 15-3 in the conference play. What a story have the Owls been. Uh, but I think this is this has been Liberty's conference in the past several years, uh, and I don't think that's going to change this year. I mean, they didn't make it last year. Jacksonville State did as a 15 seed. Uh, but I think the Flames get back in. They have senior guard Darius McGee, one of the best three-point shooters in the country. I think the Flames find a way to get into the March Madness tournament uh, and have a chance to make some noise as a potential probably 12 or 13 seed is what they would get in as. So I like Liberty to go on to win the A-Sun tournament over uh, Kennesaw State in the final. Nice. All right. Uh, I got my my really good friend is down at Liberty, so I'm pulling for them. Cool. Nice. You have some motive there, Mr. Smedley. A little skin in the game, Jack. Uh, Let's see. I have those bump bumps in my chest. Yeah, a little bump bumps in my chest. Other big matchups tonight. Iowa State, West Virginia, two teams. Iowa State more firmly in the West Virginia is. Uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, we got Baylor, Oklahoma State, Big 12 games. Again, always fascinating to watch. UNC, Florida State, my my team, back in action tonight uh, down at the uh, Donald L. Tucker Civic Center in, nice. uh, in Tallahassee. So that's kind of the big games for tonight. Tomorrow-wise, Sun Belt Championship uh, starts the Sun Belt Conference Tournament, Arkansas State, Coastal Carolina. Patriot League Tournament will also start tomorrow as well, along with the Horizon League and many others. Uh, the A-Sun will roll into the quarterfinals tomorrow. Uh, so Kennesaw State and Liberty will get their opponents. Kennesaw State will get the winner of FGCU and Queens College, and Liberty will get the winner of Bellarmine and North Florida. Uh, Lipscomb and Stetson will play in the quarterfinals, along with North Alabama and Eastern Kentucky for uh, the A-Sun. Uh, and then tomorrow night, other big games are in the Power Conference because they don't start their conference tournaments uh, until this upcoming 
not weekend, I would say. Uh, this is the last week in the regular season for them. But next week starts the start of the conference tournaments for the Power Six conferences. So the Big East, uh, Big Ten, Big 12, all of those conferences uh, will start next week with a lot of the majors starting this week. Uh, we got Duke NC State. That's a big one. The camera crazy again. Rocking again. Iowa, Indiana in the Big Ten. Uh, another interesting one there. Clemson, Virginia. Two teams uh, trying to fight Virginia, trying to get off the Schneider, I would say, not playing great down the stretch of the season. They're trying to turn things around uh, before going into the tournament. As a team I really liked about a month ago, but now I'm not so sold uh, on the Cavaliers. Uh, let's see what else here we got. St. Louis VCU, a big-time 8-10 matchup. Two teams fighting for the title. I mean, VCU leads the way at 13-3. St. Louis tied uh, for second in a three-way tie with Dayton and Fordham uh, at 11-5. So all those teams trying to make a play for the tournament in what has been a crazy Atlantic 10 conference this year. Saw Richmond, I believe it was like fifth or sixth in the conference, get out of there last year with the automatic bid and beat Iowa in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, so that's why they call March Madness. Anything can happen. Arkansas-Tennessee, big showdown between two solid teams in the SEC. And then you got San Diego State-Boise State, the two top teams in the Mountain West, going at it tomorrow night. So that should be a fun one there. San Diego State more firmly in than Boise is, but I think Boise State will get in the tournament uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, and then we'll talk about Wednesday on from Wednesday's show. Mitch, anything you want to add or any questions you want to ask me? I know, um, I, did, I, know I did a lot of talking. No, there. I get it. Uh, so we talked about the Penn State uh, circumstances. Give me some other, uh, like what has to happen for these other bubble teams here in the, in the final days of the season here. Well, oh, man, a lot of teams in the bubble, and I think— Just pick a few to highlight. Yeah, I will certainly do that. I will certainly pick a few to highlight. A lot of options to look through, whether that is, uh, you know, non-power conference or, you know, mid-major is what I'm saying. Well, I just had a major blank there for whatever reason. Uh, but I'll, I'll, let, let, let's do this. You know, I I think Wisconsin's a good pick. Uh, they lost yesterday to Michigan. That's a huge one. I think they really needed that one to keep themselves in. Michigan's going to move up there with that, too. UNC, that's a big win at Virginia, although I don't agree that they should be even in. Uh, they probably will be uh, because it's UNC, and mm -hmm. that's kind of annoying to me. Even though their resume shows that they probably shouldn't be in there, they are probably going to end up in if they just take care of business down the stretch uh, and win a couple more games. But again, it is what it is. I can grab out all I want. Things are not going to change. Uh, we have Texas Tech here from what I'm seeing as a light bubble team. Uh, they could get in, but again, the Big 12 is just a, a nightmare, night in and night out. You never have an easy draw in that conference. Uh, you got Clemson, who needed a rebound. They got that over NC State, but they need to win tonight at Virginia. That would be huge for Clemson. Continue to boost their resume uh, to get in. New Mexico had a shot against San Diego State. Couldn't get it done over the weekend. Fell by two at home. I mean, that that's one that the Lobos needed if they wanted to try to get in. Uh, for me, right now, I mean, West Virginia's got to be on that bubble line. They're the last team in the last four buys from what I'm looking at here. Uh, you got Memphis. Oklahoma State is a team. Uh, they're they're going to play tonight against Baylor. If they got to win there, that would certainly help push them further into the field, I think. So, I mean, there's a lot of big matchups between these bubble teams, not just playing each other, uh, but a lot of the top teams. So, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a hairy final couple of of games in the regular season last week, I should say. Yep. Uh, and then going into the you know in a conference tournament week for a lot of the major conferences, uh, it's it's going to be decisive. I mean, you you know one game could define you making it or missing it. So 
there's a lot of opportunities to be had for these teams, even though I would say Penn State fell to Rutgers. They're still not out of it yet. Uh, they still have some chances. Yep. Uh, any other uh, teams you want to add to or take away from your teams that you think could win the whole thing after another week of, uh, of games? Uh, I think I kind of just, you know, a lot of the same teams still. Alabama, Houston, UCLA, I think, is in that mix. Uh, you got, you know, Kansas, obviously. Um, yeah, it's kind of where I have it right now. Yep. And uh, your pick, if you had to pick one? Ooh, probably Kansas. Can't go away from the repeat champ. Kansas. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Even though Alabama's the overall number one. Yeah. Give me Kansas. All right. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back bright and early Wednesday morning, so not too much of a wait for our next show. Stick around. Got Bop and Vibin' at noon. Around it up. Student programming for the rest of the day. Once again, thank you all for tuning in to Aviators. Back bright and early Wednesday morning, talking all things MLB, college basketball, and much more.